Welcome back to the Intergrowth Podcast. I'm so excited you are tuning in today. I hope you've been watering yourself. I hope you've been taking care of yourself. If you are here today and you are a new listener, welcome. I'm so happy you're a part of the Intergrowth Collective now. And today we are in with an amazing guest conversation. I brought in Lindsay Adkinson to the podcast. She is a content creator who started on YouTube, but has been creating content for quite some time. And she is just incredible. She's also a podcaster and the host of It Gets Better podcast. And our conversation today was really beautiful. We talked about a range of topics, but we really centered around Lindsay's growth, her journey with reparenting, trauma healing, manifesting her dream life. And I think something really special about this conversation is that a lot of the times when the topic of manifesting comes up, a lot of people question it in the sense of, well, you know, only privileged people manifest or only certain kinds of people are able to use manifestation as a tool. But what Lindsay really brings to the table is she shows that it doesn't matter if you had a hard childhood, if you had a hard relationship with your parents, if you grew up in a certain reality that was more challenging you can still change your life. You can still heal. You can still transform. You can manifest really whatever you want, but you have to change your mindset. You have to work on yourself. You have to bring self-accountability, reparent yourself, grow, heal, and you're able to achieve whatever it is, but you have to bring in a certain mindset shift to get there and a certain level of belief, a growth mindset, a learner's mindset. And Our conversation was really beautiful and we talked about a lot of different things. I think you're going to really appreciate it. If you're someone who wants to learn more about manifesting, you're going to like it. If you're someone who's trying to reparent your inner child and do that healing work, you're going to really like it. And in general, she's just such a cool creator and podcaster and our conversation flowed so well. We also recorded a podcast for her podcast, which is called It Gets Better. And we talked about my own journey with healing my body image. We talked about cycle syncing and perfectionism and it was also a really amazing conversation. So make sure to go check that out. And with that said, going to keep the intro short and sweet. I hope you enjoy. And with that said, let's get growing. Hello, Lindsay. Welcome to the Inner Growth Podcast. I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! I'm so excited too. We just did a little podcast swap. So we just recorded for Lindsay's podcast, It Gets Better. And then now we're recording for Inner Growth. So super excited to continue chatting and definitely make sure you guys check out her podcast too. So it was so good. You did so well. It was so good. Like the conversation was just so flowy and amazing. So excited for this one and something I do with all my guests is I ask them to share their sun moon and rising in astrology if they know it so could you share so I am a Taurus sun I am a Scorpio moon and a Sagittarius rising oh my gosh powerful oh is it okay yeah it's so we're we're Taurus twins I love that when I said I, I was Taurus in your podcast, I went, I wonder if that like resonated. It did. I was like, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was like, oh, I have to make sure I tell her that later. Love that. And because you were born on a Scorpio moon, you're a full moon baby. 
Did you know that? Mm. No, but I do feel, I didn't know that, but I do feel like I have very strong emotions whenever there's a full moon. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's tied to it at all. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense because you are a full moon, baby. You were born on one. Oh, so cool. you kind of embody this like really vibrant, like almost like intensity to your energy, which is powerful and also like inherently tied to manifestation and just bringing things to life. So, so excited because we're going to talk about that today. And before we do, could you just briefly introduce yourself? So um, I grew up in a really small town in Georgia. Um, I grew up in, just truthfully, an abusive household. Um, sometimes I feel like I have to like sugarcoat it on podcasts, but now that we've talked, I feel like I can just say all of it. You know, I get so, deep real quick. So. Yeah, so we're good. Um, I grew up in an abusive household. When I was younger, my mom was my best friend. And then she fell into addiction. She was a single mother of three kids. And I can't imagine how hard that was raising three kids on her own um, with very little help. And she quickly fell into addiction. And I watched her become unrecognizable and someone who was filled with rage and anger. And it caused me to kind of grow up. I, I kind of grew up learning how to hate myself before I learned how to love myself because I was often the blame to my mom because she had me first. I was the oldest. She had me when she was 18 years old or 19. And often I would always hear things like, oh, well, if I hadn't had you at this such a young age, I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be an addict. I wouldn't struggle. So I grew up with this sense of I am bad for the world. I bring out bad things for other people. I am not meant to do good things. I am not worthy of a good life because that's what I heard with most of my upbringing. So I got older and that was just what I was living in. I noticed I was in um, a cycle of really bad friendships. My relationship with my mom was just getting worse and worse. My relationship with myself was you know, constantly just getting worse and worse. I left high school one semester early. Um, I got very lucky though. I feel like the universe was kind of on my side for that because I walked into my counselor's office one semester early. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to go. And I was fully accepting that I wasn't going to graduate. But luckily my counselor was like, uh, you actually have all your credit, enough credits to graduate. And I feel like looking back now, I'm very grateful for that because, you know, it would have been, it would have absolutely been tough without a high school diploma. But I was fully ready to leave. I had very little drive for my life, very little motivation. And the moment I turned 18, I moved out and I moved in with a boyfriend who was uh, pretty toxic. We were both pretty toxic. Honestly, I take full responsibility. We were both and just looking for someone to love us. He was came from like a similar background. So we were both just looking for someone to take care of us. And that's how I was for a while. And then I remember waking up one day and I don't even know what switched. I just woke up one day thinking, this is not what I want. Like, I am so miserable. I am so sad. And I just started thinking about when I was really young, how driven I was, how motivated I was, because there were times with my mom when things were good. And I would think back to when I was young and my mom would tell me when I was little, like, oh, you can have whatever you want. You, you know, your dream really big. Um, and I started thinking, like, well, what happened to that that version of me? Like, where did she go? Like, she does. She has to exist somewhere. And so I decided to go on a very big personal development journey. And I learned all about self-love, reparenting, generational trauma, childhood trauma, inner work. And I decided to 
learn to use the power of the internet because I didn't have a great uh, education. I had gone back to college for one semester and then uh, I dropped out as well. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to use YouTube and start learning. So I started learning about photography and photojournalism and started just kind of taking my life in my own hands, thinking like, okay, I don't have a schooling right now, but what can I learn online? And photography was really big at the time. And I did have a camera and I started to just like take things a little bit more seriously in my life. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I was just like, okay, let me just try to change my life. And I put myself back into school. And I think that was the best thing I ever did. Not necessarily for the education, but just being around different people who had different upbringings and saying, oh, wait, maybe what I grew up in wasn't normal. Cause I was just, I thought that was the norm because all of my friends, everyone around me kind of had a similar upbringing. Mm-hmm. And someone I met in my, uh, my new college program for photography, his mom was obsessed with the law of attraction. And I ended up breaking up with the old toxic boyfriend and dating someone new. And when I met his mom, she kind of took an interest in me. And I remember she sat me down and she was like, I feel like you have a lot of potential and I can tell you've been through a lot. And I really, really would love for you to go home and watch all this stuff. She told me to watch The Secret. She told me to watch Les Brown. If you don't know who Les Brown is, he is, I love him. I've never met him, but I love him. He's like a motivational (laughs) speaker since like the early nineties. And she's like, I want you to go home and watch his videos. It's all about like law of attraction, manifestation, um, hard work, self-love, all of these different things. So I started watching all of this stuff and I think it just kind of slowly opened my mind up to like, oh my gosh, maybe there's a different reality out there. And hearing Les Brown's story as well also kind of showed me, okay, he went through a lot as well and he changed his life. And after watching The Secret, I started researching people who had like this sounds strange but I would look up people who've gone through really hard stuff and that have come out of it because it just kind of showed me like oh people people do this like it's not easy but people do this and so I decided to dedicate my time (laughs) to bettering myself and changing my life and my photography business slowly just sort of took off. And before I knew it, I went from living paycheck to paycheck, constantly thinking I was negative in my bank account to making enough to pay my bills on my own. And then before you know it, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and just see what happens. And then before you know it, another thing happened. And there was a radio contest where they were looking for someone to come and it was basically like a a live work play situation, kind of like the Grove in California. So basically it was a big outdoor mall where the bottom part was all stores like Whole Foods, uh, fitness centers, clothing stores, movie theaters, restaurants, everything you need. And the top of it was all luxury apartments. And this was in the beginning of social media time. So they posted that they were going to do a contest where they wanted someone to come and live there for free for an entire year. And you'd get a fully furnished apartment and $70,000 to spend and then all expenses paid like they would take care of you in exchange for taking all their photos and running their social. And I remember hearing that radio contest and thinking, this was for me. Like this was like, I feel like someone at home made this contest thinking about me. And so I entered the contest. I worked really, really hard. Um, and months later I won and I moved in to the apartment. That was, you know, a big transformation. And honestly, I never looked back. I spent that year 
um, working on my own social media. And by the end of the year, I had made social media my full-time job. And then wow. at the end of that year, I moved out of Georgia and I moved to a new state where I met my husband and we now live in New York City. It's years later now. Um, and we live in New York and I'm still a full-time content creator and I am filled with love and happiness. And yeah, I've come a long way. I feel like that's a long story, but no, yeah, that's like your inner growth journey. And I love Mm -hmm. that. And I think that it's so beautiful how, how deep it is too. And I just, I love your story. I always love hearing you talk about it. And I saw this post you made on your TikTok and your Instagram, which is a stitch of this video where this girl was talking about this lucky girl she met and or like someone she used mm. to know who used to be her friend and who seemed to just be so lucky, right? Like she would go to a restaurant and they would get a free bottle of champagne or they would go to a party and then they would, you know, naturally get a table for free or mm-hmm. she'd always get a free coffee when she was getting like her daily, I don't know, latte at the coffee shop, little things like that. And you stitched it and you shared this journey. And I remember when I first heard that video, I I was just so in awe of your story and I think it's so beautiful. So I wanted to dive into the moment where you first watched The Secret when that mom that took an interest in you from this guy that you knew and encouraged you to watch it. What was that experience like? What was it like to come across something like that? Because it also was a big part of my journey when I first watched The Secret. So I Mm want to hear your experience. So full transparency, the first time I watched it, I was like, this is really cheesy. Mm-hmm. And I told her that and she was like, watch it again. She's like, I know it's cheesy. Watch it again. And I watched it again. And I was like, you know what? I need to be open-minded because I had always been, I had become someone who was very negative and kind of looked at everything through a negative lens. And I think a lot of people are like that when they hear about law of attraction, that the first thing they think is like, oh, this is ridiculous. This is, yeah. you know, this is, you know, it's, they think it's dumb. And the first time I heard of it, I was like, this is like, there's, this is insane. And I watched the video thinking, this is silly. But then she's like, you know, but that's, that's your mindset. You are viewing it through a negative lens. She's like, could you try watching it one time? just open to the possibility that it could be real, just open to it being a positive experience. And I was like, you know what, what do I have to lose at this point? Mm -hmm. So I decided I was going to watch it um, from a a clean slate, from someone who wasn't negative and just see what I learned from it. And by the end of it, I was sobbing and I was like, okay, I, and I was honest with myself. I was still a skeptic. I was a big skeptic, but I was honest. I was like, you know what? universe because that's how they said it there I was like you know mm-hmm. you know to the universe or god or whatever you believe in I don't know how I feel yet but I am open to my life changing at the end of watching I was like you know I'm open to trying it out I'm open to to seeing what can happen and I think that was like my, my first experience is I, I was a skeptic and I think that's why when people are skeptic of it I'm like oh my gosh please talk to me because I was so skeptic but I think just being open to seeing what could happen when you believe in yourself, like that goes a long way. Yes, for sure. And I've had experiences where I've told people about it and they have reacted with, oh my God, no, like I, I don't want to watch that. Or, oh my God, they like pausing every second of the video and like questioning it, right? And that's such a different way of watching that movie or even reading that book than opening up to it and staying just open, open open-minded, you know, having this learner's mindset, this growth mindset and being okay with coming across something that's totally different than maybe what you've known before. And that's something that's not tangible, scientific, like 
you can measure it or whatever. It's energetic. It's 5D. It's not something you see. It's more so about your beliefs, what's underneath the surface, how you show up, how you think of things. And something I'm really big on is belief specifically. Mm -hmm. And I recently made a TikTok talking about this, how if you don't have Tinkerbell belief, uh, Tinkerbell styles and strength belief on something you want being possible for you. Like if there is a lingering doubt or fear or just judgment underneath the thing you're trying to manifest, you're kind of subconsciously blocking it. So what was that process like for you, you know, as a skeptic, opening up yourself to something like that? And slowly changing your reality. You know, what were the initial mindset shifts that you feel were most impactful for you to be able to achieve that? So I think it was almost like I had never heard of the Tinkerbell mindset, but I love that almost like combining the Tinkerbell with my judgment. So I realized, okay, you know, I am a skeptic, but every single time these thoughts come up, I'm going to respond back and say, hey, I know you're skeptic. It's okay. But let's just try it out. And I continued to talk to myself like that and just kind of rewire my brain like at first it was all skepticism and then I noticed the more that I would talk back to myself and be like no let's just be open you know like you never know like Elizabeth Gilbert says you have to believe in magic to find magic I started reading her books and I really loved that and I was like you know I'm gonna be open to magic and the more I kind of stopped those negative beliefs and just talked back to them the more I think because I think it was my, my ego. It wanted to keep me comfortable. I think the more my ego was like, okay, she's not listening to me. Um, I'm going to quiet down. And over time, those beliefs got quieter and quieter. And the biggest thing was when the contest was happening, I promised myself I was going to go all in. I was going to believe in myself. I was Because I really did have like an intuitive feeling that the contest was meant for me, even though there were tens of thousands of entries. And it was like one of the first times I'd ever felt that I deserved or belonged in a room like that, where normally I was always like, oh, I don't deserve this. And I was like, you know, so just because that little slight feeling of, oh, I deserve this, I already saw so many big changes, even in my own life, like me accepting that maybe the the contest could be for me. All of a sudden my business was doing better. More people were interested in booking photography services from me just from entering it. And I think that started to show me like, oh, the more that I'm open for opportunities, the more opportunities I see. And I still didn't know for sure if I was going to win, but I just noticed more things were coming in almost like it was like tunnel vision. I noticed that, mm-hmm. when you're in this like negative belief system, all you see is what your mind thinks about, because it's like, your brain wants you to be right. And if you're constantly saying like, oh, this can't happen to me. I can't manifest. My life can't change. Everything is out to get me. Then that's what you're going to see more of because your brain is going to search for that. Uh, It's called subconscious bias. And the more you start to ignore that and talk back and slowly rewire, which is, it is really tough. You know, I had to put sticky notes everywhere and like right on my mirror, like I'm open to magic and all these different things just to kind of like shock me out of my you know, my typical patterns. And I started to realize that the more my beliefs became more open, the more opportunities I just saw everywhere and the more opportunities came for me. And then I think the moment I won the contest was the moment I realized like, holy crap, I just completely, like the moment I remember I was standing, I have the video somewhere. I was like standing on stage and he's like, the winner is Lindsay Marie. And I dropped to the floor and I was sobbing because I knew my life had just changed. And I remember he asked me, he brought the microphone up and was like, do you have anything to say? I didn't respond because in my head, all I kept thinking was like, oh my gosh, my life just changed. So I think in that moment I realized 
well, like, yes, I put in the work too. Like I, I entered the contest, I put in the work, but if I hadn't believed in myself or believed in the power of possibilities, I wouldn't have gone after it to begin with, which is why it really does always start back with your beliefs. Yeah, it really always does go back to your beliefs. And I think especially the belief of I am worthy of this. Mm -hmm. I deserve it. It's possible for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I can be a success story. And I think that's really powerful. And it reminded me of when I was experiencing my quantum leap a few years ago, one of the affirmations I had in a sticky note on my bathroom mirror was, I am open to miracles, or I believe in miracles. It was something like that. And people always say, you know, miracles, like it, it feels so intense and mystical and unrealistic when you say it like that. But miracles are possible. You know, unexpected positive outcomes are possible. And I know something else you talk a lot about on your content, on your podcast is intentional living. And I think Mm -hmm. that goes hand in hand with manifesting. So could you dive into what intentional living means to you and how that ties into your beliefs and just how you manifest things in your day-to-day life? Yes. So I really feel like these small things are overlooked sometimes. At least it was for me. I was hoping, I was, was hoping I was going to go from living in this trailer where I was broke to being like six figures or something. And I, I wanted it to happen like overnight. And I didn't realize, no, it starts small. It starts from the really small things that are, are within our control. And I realized sometimes there are situations in our life that are outside of our control. Like bad things happen. Bad things happen to me. Bad things happen to everyone. You know, we grow up in areas that we don't want to grow up in. We have parents that don't treat us right. We have friends that are mean to us, coworkers that are mean to us. And there are things that are just simply out of our control. But what we can control are the little things that we do every day. And I I decided I didn't want to do the little things every day that I could control from a place of sadness or lack every day it was actually something my therapist said once because I was telling her you know I had this I was like telling her all about my childhood and how sad I was and that I was just trying to change my life and she said something about well if you are so tired of being sad you know why not just let yourself feel happy like if you've gone through so much sadness why don't just have you thought about just allowing the happiness in and I was like well where do I even start she's like just allow and see what happens. So I started to ask myself with every little thing I did, how could this small thing like cleaning my house, how could getting dressed in the morning, how could my activity level, how could this change me for the better? And then it hit me. I'm like, okay, well not cleaning my house. And I would live in a complete mess where like, it was, it was very scary though, the mess that I lived in, or I would wear the same sweatshirt for days and days. And I wasn't taking care of my hygiene. And I obviously realized those habits are not making me happier. Those aren't allowing happiness. So what if I try something different? And I decided that I was going to set an intention behind the things I did. So before I would clean my autopilot intention before I started to change was like, oh, I hate cleaning. So I'm not going to clean or, oh, there's no reason to get dressed because I'm not going anywhere. So I started to make that mindset shift and tell myself, no, I'm going to clean my house because I want to live in a home that feels cozy and clean. And I want to be able to find my stuff when I need it. And that's going to make me happier just knowing where my stuff is. And I want to feel proud of my home. 
So then all of a sudden I looked at cleaning as something different. It became meaningful. And then I, it would make me want to do the cleaning. And then when it was done, I felt proud of myself. So it's like, oh, I, I started with feeling negative and then I stacked an intention and then I completed a task and now I'm proud of myself. So it's like, I've completely aligned myself with a, a different version of myself. And I loved how it felt so much that now I do it with everything. When I'm getting dressed, I ask myself, how do I want to feel? Okay, so if I want to feel confident, what outfit makes me feel confident? If I want to feel cozy and lazy, what outfit makes me feel cozy and lazy? That way it's not I'm going out of the house in an outfit that I would wear on a lazy day asking myself why I don't feel confident. And instead, the days when I want to feel cozy, I put on my pajamas with intention and it feels even cozier. I'm like, oh, this is the best. Like, I love yeah. these days. And then when I leave the house, I'm like, I feel so good about myself. So I just really think as small as I can, the little habits that I have control over every day. And I just ask myself simply, how do I want to feel? I set the intention. And then you, you'll you see how much that intention changes the act. Yeah. Wow. I love that. It's almost like you're adding little hits of dopamine throughout your day, Mm -hmm. you know, making small activities, like picking your outfit more fun, more enjoyable, and more likely to give you that satisfaction because you're doing something with that intention, right? And tuning in so much. So, so intuitive also, which I really love. And something that I also want to pick your brain on or just talk about is reparenting. Mm -hmm. I think for all of us, healing our relationship to our inner child but also healing our relationship to our parents and seeing our parents as imperfect humans and also showing them compassion but learning to take care of yourself from that seat of I can also be my own parent and I can also Mm -hmm. give myself what I maybe lacked or wished I had when I was younger so how has that played a role in your inner growth journey and still to this day what does that look like on a more day-to-day basis so My reparenting journey actually came in a bit of like a a sad thing because I don't have contact with my dad. Um, I know who he is, but we don't have any contact. And then I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. We got to a point where even though I lived in a different state, we were fighting every single day. And the first time I set a boundary with her, that was when I realized, oh, I just took care of myself when she wouldn't. I did the thing that she isn't willing to do because we would get in this habit of getting on a call for like a normal thing. And then it would lead to an argument and then it would lead to her screaming and cussing. And then I would get off the phone and feel bad about myself. So I decided, you know, the next time this happens, I'm going to tell her, Hey, I can't take on this, this kind of feeling anymore. I can't let you blame me for your issues. Um, I love you. And when you're ready to talk calmly, you can call me back. And I just would, simply get off the phone. And unfortunately, it took some time. Uh, My mom and I ended up going about two years without talking because she couldn't talk to me kindly. But I noticed by setting that boundary, even though it was excruciating, and I don't, I'm not saying I recommend everyone cutting their parents off. Mine was, you know, it's an extreme situation. She was struggling with severe addiction at the time. And and it it had gotten really bad. So I noticed by setting that boundary, oh, I just took care of myself in a way that my mom wasn't. And I realized, I almost felt a sense of peace for my inner child. And the older I get, the more connected I am, I feel like to my trauma in a in a different way. When I was younger, it's like, it's what held me back. But as I get older, the more connected I am in a sense where I can, I can see it from a different perspective, where 
I have a lot of compassion, you know, for the things my mom went through. Um, but then I also now have a lot of compassion for my younger self and who I am now. So I started thinking, you know, I'm protecting myself by setting this boundary and I'm doing things my mom didn't do. What else do I feel like I'm lacking? What else did I learn in survival mode that she taught me or that I learned from myself that I need to unlearn? Like, how can I discipline myself in a way to become a person that I want to be? Um, and so I made a list of things that I wasn't proud that I was doing, whether it was my communication skills, because I, I, I noticed that I would fight with people the same way my mom would fight. I would find myself in a lot of friendships that reminded me of my relationship with my mom, where I was always the one giving, giving, giving. Um, and I made a list of how I wanted my life to be. And I just started to parent myself. Honestly, I started to think of every single time I was in that situation, I would stop thinking of myself as me. And I would think of myself as my younger self, usually my teenage era. And cause that's mm -hmm. when I think I went through the most. So I like to picture the part of me that needed it the most or where, you know, where that I don't want to say bad behavior, but the behavior that I no longer wanted was coming from. And I would think, okay, so what advice do I wish my mom would have given 13 year old me, 14 year old me when she developed this habit? And I would give myself that advice. When I was sad, I would learn to self-soothe because growing up, if I cried, it made things worse. My mom would think I was trying to guilt her and make her feel bad. So I wasn't allowed to cry. And so I hadn't learned a lot of coping skills. So because of that, I was self-harming at one point. I would, you know, self-harm. I'd also skin pick. I would numb. I felt very depressed. And I was like, okay, what advice do I wish my mom would have given me when I was feeling like this? And I was like, truthfully, I wish she would have just like held me and let me cry. You know, I just yeah. wanted to be a kid who was sad. So I started to let myself cry and I would wrap my arms around myself. And eventually my husband got in on it. I told my therapist, she's like, you know, have you ever asked your husband to try. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. And she's like, I think it would be really great if the next time you're struggling with something with your mom, like just sit in the room with Noah and let him see you cry. Cause I was so afraid of someone to even see me cry. And the first time wow. that happened, it was like the biggest release. And I guess I just constantly, I realized that inner child and reparenting work is a constant. It's something I'm going to always work on because it's like an onion, you know, there's a new layer that'll come out. I'm sure if I decide to be a mom, I'm sure I'll learn so much more about myself. We live in a time where I feel like it's so normal for us to guilt ourselves and get mad at ourselves when we do, don't do things right. When instead, I think if we give ourselves a little bit of grace and ask ourselves, like, you know, how do the first time this happened when I was probably a child, how do I wish this had been handled and then allow ourselves the space to grow while holding our own hand you know, and being our own biggest cheerleader. And I think that was the quickest way for me to heal my inner child and reparent myself instead of like, you know, oh, you, I can't believe you did this. And instead it's like, no, I understand why I did this. I am not making an excuse for how I treated someone. It's not, I don't want to give myself excuses, but it makes sense because you've been through a lot. So then I'd be like, okay. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm proud of you. So how do we fix it? Yeah. And I think it's such a good combination of self-accountability, right? Which is how am I contributing to this? For example, having the awareness of, hmm, in these friendships, maybe I'm demonstrating a pattern that I used to have with my mom. Or mm -hmm. in discussions I have, maybe I'm speaking in a way that isn't how I want to be communicating. And having that ability to look at what you're doing with less self-judgment so that you can own it, but also improve from it and grow from that pattern and change that pattern because you're mm -hmm. embracing that learner's mindset instead of the self-judgmental, blaming other people, pushing it away, numbing it mindset. And then at the same time, 
allowing tough feelings to be what they are thinking about boundaries right like how do I set a boundary with someone if they're speaking to me in a way I don't want to be talked to or also learning to just feel your feelings fully and crying it out all those things are elements of reparenting which is the maturity of the self-accountability of how would a mature parent to myself do and then also the more emotional piece which is the enabling of the experiences to just be what they are to feel held to feel the feelings and when I was younger I I had you know a pretty solid like nice upbringing overall like I don't think it was very intense as I said in your podcast for me like my teen years were more of my like rough patches but that doesn't mean there are elements of my childhood that affected me and there's this book called how to do the work which is really amazing by the holistic psychologist Dr. I have, it's on my I haven't read it but it's on my bookshelf okay I'll it's remember so that good. and that book is what helps me start seeing my own parents as imperfect And even in the beginning of this episode, you know, you show so much compassion to your mom when you were describing your situation. You were like, I can't even imagine what it must have been like to be a single mom to three kids. And our parents have experiences of their own that have shaped how they show up. And that doesn't mean it's justifiable or good or healthy, but it's just what it is. And looking Mm -hmm. at things from that perspective and embodying the lack of judgment towards them too, is a part of the process of maturing as a reparented human. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That's very true. And I think, I also think like, I always thought, oh, I need my mom to heal in order for me to heal. And I realized, no, you can't force anyone else to heal. You can't force anyone else to grow, Um, but you can do the work and then you can try and lead by example. You can't, I, you know, I never, my mom never changed, you know, unfortunately, but I, I do feel like I've gotten to a place where I lead by example and people reach out to me all the time and they tell me like, oh my gosh, by watching you talk about this, I was able to change this part of my life. So I think for anyone who's gone through that, I know sometimes you just want to think about, oh, what could be, and you want to try and help someone else change and force them to change. But I realized that if anything held me back so much on my healing journey, and instead when I just accepted, okay, this is who my mom is. There's nothing I can do to force her to change, but I can change myself. um, And I can just hope to lead by example to anyone who's watching. Yeah. And when I started going down my own self-growth journey, my quantum leap, my like spiritual awakening, I remember I used to want my family to meet me at that vibration. And like, I wanted them to change so much, but I realized over time that showing up as the example and just being the embodiment of what I'm learning is the best way to encourage them to be curious or to want to learn more about it. And then the other piece that I wanted to anchor in on too is what you were talking about crying. Because I think so many of us when we were younger were told to stop crying. Mm -hmm. Probably because our parents or whoever was around us weren't comfortable feeling their own emotions. And so watching us feel ours triggered them. And that's why they would tell us to stop crying. But enabling the crying to happen is such an amazing element of just releasing releasing what no longer serves you kind of like emptying out this emotional weight that we carry Mm -hmm. it's like kind of like a bottle top like if you have these emotions it's like you shake up a soda and you think you think if you just hold in your tears they're gonna go away you'll just you think it'll go away over time but really the more you hold in your emotions the more you're shaking that soda up and then eventually it's just gonna spew out so I feel like it's better to just let yourself and I know it's hard at first if you're used to numbing 
But if you learn to just let yourself feel the emotions when they come, it's more like opening a regular soda and it'll come out at normal speed and not spew everywhere. And you'll realize, oh, crying is a very healthy, easy way to self-soothe and take care of myself versus numbing and waiting until like you can't hold it in anymore. Exactly. What are other self-soothing practices that you do? I like to keep it pretty simple. I walk whenever I'm really stressed or I notice that you know I'm arguing with people or something. I like to go on a long walk. I'll put on a podcast um, and just like let myself chill. Um, I When it came to healing, I would say self-soothing for me was a lot of writing. I don't journal as much now as I used Same, to, but actually. I think I love to get back to it. When I was like at my darkest place, my therapist was like, write about your childhood as brutal as as you feel like it was. And I was writing it in a way that was like, I was really angry. And now when I think about it, I'm not that angry at all. And I think it's because I let the anger out. I let it go somewhere else instead of sit in my head. So I would really just like write how I felt. And I'm like, you know, no one's going to read the pages. You know, you can write it and let it go and then move on to better thoughts. So writing, um, I'm really into meditation. That's, I would say I use meditation as a self-soothe when I'm really anxious. So if I'm anxious, I like to ask myself, okay, so how am I feeling? What's the opposite? So if I'm anxious, I'm like, okay, that's a lot of thoughts. What brings me less thoughts? Meditation. If I feel like I'm being sluggish and I'm unmotivated. I'm like, okay, movement is the opposite. I'll go for a walk. If, you know, I'm angry, I'll get it out on paper. If I'm sad, I'll let myself cry. And I think talking is really helpful. Sometimes me and some friends will have like vent sessions. If you ever want to join, you're welcome. And we'll just like let ourselves like vent about whatever we want, only if we're like in a space where we can handle that. Um, Therapy is also great. And then even support groups. Um, A lot of people, I will tell me like, oh, I want to talk to someone, but I don't want to talk to friends, family, and I can't afford therapy. Um, I learned through the pandemic, there are support groups everywhere and they're free. And a lot of them you can join by Zoom and just sit and talk with someone who's gone through something similar and hearing someone else share their experience. I feel like a lot of us learn through storytelling really just shows your brain like how much possibility there is for changing. So I'd say those are my main self-soothes. I love all of those. And I love how you also gave a tip for each emotion And I also think, yeah, like talking is so healing and writing, letting it Mm -hmm. release in that way. But as you said, for every emotion, there's different ways you can kind of attune to it and find those right kind of little techniques, little self-soothing moments. And one thing I did a lot in therapy too, that relates more to the inner child work and like looking at your past and stuff is kind of like a visualization, like closing your eyes and visualizing living that moment in your childhood as your child self. And Mm. then visualizing yourself as an adult or as the older version of you in that same situation and seeing it from your adult self's eyes and then telling your inner child what you know now or offering Mm. a perspective shift or giving your child advice and just soothing in that moment from your adult self's perspective. And it's been very healing for me in those kind of tough childhood memories Mm. that I carry. I love that. I really love that. Love that so much. I feel like we could talk for forever, but I want to start jumping into our rapid fire questions. So okay. the first one is, what is something right now in your life, in your current moment, that is an area of growth for you or something you're learning? Something I'm currently learning is, I think I'm really actually currently learning now is that I can't force anyone else to grow. I recently was trying to get my brother to join therapy and I really respected that he set a boundary with me and was like, sissy, 
every time we talk, like, I don't want you telling me how to change and grow. Like, let me do this on my own. And I was like, whoa, you know what? I respect that because I, no one can force me to change. Um, so I'm learning really that I can't make anyone else change, but I can focus on myself. Um, Mm -hmm. and that, that is the best way to protect your peace, honestly. Yeah, definitely. I've had to learn that myself too. Are you the oldest sister? I am. Older sister energy, baby. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like I'm like their, like their mama bear. And I'm like, oh, you know, I got to chill. I got to let them because I had to go on my own journey. And honestly, that's what I needed. I'm like, okay, they have to go on it on their own. It's okay. Exactly. And it's like everyone's journey, everyone's awakening, everyone's healing happens in different timelines. And Mm -hmm. we're all on the same journey in a way. We're all Mm -hmm. human experience, but our timings are always unique to our own experience too. I completely agree. Love that. And then do you have a quote or a mantra that you love or that you live by? So I guess I do have a few mantras. I don't know if I have a quote, but Mm -hmm. I actually have it on my sticky note here on my computer, a mantra. And this is for anyone that is a skeptic. And okay, for I'm going to give a little quick backstory is that for a while, I thought in order to have a good life, I needed to achieve all these other things that had nothing to do with it. Like say you want to have a good career. I thought, well, maybe I don't look the part. Maybe I need to work out more. Maybe I need to become more of a morning person first. Maybe I need to heal this part of me first. And truthfully, like it starts to tell us and to tell our brain, I'm not worthy for good stuff now. And while yes, we can heal and we can grow and we can change, you don't want to set your mind to always think that you always have to get to another level of growth before you can have happiness. The happiness can start now. And as you grow and change, you can still feel content with what you have now. And so I try to remind myself this quote that I read is that I deserve my manifestations and happiness simply because I exist. Yes. Like you're worthy no matter what. You're just, yes, you're always worthy. Even when you're going through the hardest moments, like you're still worthy of good stuff. Yes. And then isn't there another one that I think your husband has tattooed? Oh, I'm on a winning streak. Yes. Winning streak. Yeah. I I love that. So I really love to, Noah is a big one. We love to wake up and think, you know what? We are on a winning streak. Even if it's like the worst day, I try and see everything. And I'm not perfect at it, but we try to see it like for are good. So when Noah's getting his coffee, he's like, you know, this coffee is so good. I'm on a winning streak. Or, you know, I was late for this meeting, but you know what? I had a few extra moments to myself before I got there. So I'm on a winning streak. I actually learned it from Charlie Rocket. Um, If you ever want a really inspirational story when it comes to the law of attraction, his story is so good. And he talks about winning streaks. So that's where we got it. I love that. And there was this one, I don't know. I think he's a neuroscientist just like this doctor with a lot of certifications called Dr. Amen. And he has a book called You Happier. And okay. I've been listening to some of his content. He was on Jay Shetty's podcast and they were talking about ways you can change your mind and your brain to be happier. And one of the things he says, it's so simple, is just starting the day by saying today is a great day. I'm grateful to mm. be here. And then ending the day, like right before you go to sleep and saying what went well today. And ending the day on that mindset and starting the day with that mindset reminds me of this, you know? Oh, I I love that. I feel like now at the end of the day, I'm going to be like, okay, so what were my wins of the day? Yeah. Like, and it can literally be something so small, right? I hit hit three liters of water today or whatever it is. It can be small things or big things. I love that. Yes. 
even on a tough day, that's a good way to kind of reframe and end the day on like a neurobiological way that helps support your overall mm-hmm. happiness. So love that. And then do you have any books that you love or that you'd recommend to anyone listening? Yes. So my biggest one is How to Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. It goes through a lot of visualizations and actual activities you can do to heal. And some of them are there. They're so good. Like it is going to open your soul up in a good way. Um, So I really recommend How to Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Um, more on a creative path. When I first got started on my self-help journey, I really loved uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I feel like that's really good when it comes to creativity. Um, let me think, what are a few other ones of mine? I'm looking, I have a whole list. The Body Keeps the Score. I love that one. I, it taught me a lot about movement and it's really what got me into walking. Mm-hmm. I would say those are my big three. Um, these aren't books, but I do recommend Les Brown. If you look him up on YouTube, I think he has a Facebook page too. Um, he's like got Les tons of motivational, LES, right? Yes, 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 yes. He's got tons of like motivational speeches and they're really, really good. Amazing. I've heard of those three books, but I've never read them. So okay, they're good. I'll have to read them at some point. And what makes you feel like your higher self? Mm, I think when I'm following my purpose, when I'm thinking, okay, what, what do I feel like I'm meant to do in my life? Like, what do I feel like I'm supposed to do? And also I think with my purpose, I feel like when I'm, I don't want to say serving others, but when I feel like I am living not just to serve myself. Cause sometimes I could be a little like, Oh, well, my life is going bad. And all I would think about is me. But when I think about other people, um, and start to think, you know what, how can I share this to help someone else? And I kind of follow my purpose. I think I feel the closest to my highest self. I love that. That's amazing. So, you know, expanding greatness, helping others and being in Mm -hmm. that giving mindset is so powerful for sure. And kind of puts you on this expansive, abundant mindset too. So I love that. And then the last question is if someone didn't hear anything from this episode and they just heard this part, what is something you would want to leave them with? Ooh, if I could only leave them one thing that this leads back to my podcast name, but I think that's where it comes from for me is that it does get better. Um, sometimes we, I recently saw this in a Netflix show, Stuts. If anyone, it just came out. I recommend everyone watching it. Um, it's about psychiatry and psychology, but he was saying sometimes it's like being in an airplane and it's all that those clouds. And we think, oh my gosh, we're stuck in the clouds forever. But we actually know eventually the clouds part and you can see the sun. And if the clouds didn't come out before you know it, you're on the ground. And they're all they're all good choices. Whether you see the sun while you're on the, on the flight or you get on the ground, they're both good choices. So know that when you are in that state where you don't feel like things are going to get better, realize you're just in the clouds. There is sun coming and it does get better. And eventually you're going to land and you're going to be at a new destination at somewhere. Exactly. Exactly where you're supposed to be. Yes. That's beautiful. That's the perfect note to end on. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was so fun. I'm so happy we did this podcast swap. And can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you and just connect with you on your journey? Yes. So you can find me anywhere, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Lindsay Atkinson. That's Lindsay with an A-Y. I have a podcast, It Gets Better, um, which is everywhere as well. And then I also am launching group coaching in January. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. 
Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm so excited to see your program and you're just so incredible. So I'm so happy we're connected and everyone go make sure to follow Lindsay. I will have everything linked in the show notes as well. So you can find all her links and thank you again for coming on. And thank you to everyone who's listened. Thank you so much for having me. I loved being here. Yay. All right. I'll see everyone on the next episode. And for now, pour into yourself. Remember to water yourself and I will see you soon. Bye. Bye.